let's get ready for some serious shift. This is a podcast, Shifting Inside Out, hosted by your quantum shifter, Angie McCourt. We are diving into ways to empower and enable a quantum shift. Inspiring topics, hacks, and guest speakers take us on a journey around authenticity, challenging status quo, personal power, and living a purpose-filled life. episode, Stephen Tessitore joins me to talk about introverts and how his journey of self-discovery led him to understanding himself better as well as his preferences. The other piece he discovered was not to use it as an excuse, so to say, but to better understand those preferences to use them as a secret weapon. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode as you listen. You can find me on LinkedIn at Angie Belts McCourt, Instagram at Angie underscore McCourt, or on Twitter at McCourt Angie. So without further ado, let's hear from Stephen. Stephen, welcome to Shifting Inside Out. I'm so grateful to have you on this episode. To get started, why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, Angie. Um, I am Stephen Tessitore. I currently work at uh, Cisco. Uh, Angie, you and I have a, a history of working together, which is a huge part of, uh, of my current career path. I, I work in marketing now, and I lead the commercial marketing business. And then I just recently took the, uh, the partner business as well. Um, so I've been at Cisco for about five years. I've got three kids. I've been married for 15 years. Um, yeah, I, I love to cook. I love to write. I love to do all the, all the things. So pumped to be here with you. Love it. And I have tried some of your recipes, including your, um, chicken tacos. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Steven is an awesome cook because his wife shares the recipes and I know they came from you. <laughs> so You're the creator in the kitchen, right? <laughs> it's so funny. Cause my, my recipes don't always translate well to paper because I just, I look and I see that it needs more things and I forget to capture that. So good luck to you for anybody who's following my, my oh, recipe. And your, your flank steak tacos. Oh, oh yeah. those are good. Yes. Make, make me <laughs> Tanga flake steak. There you go. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, let's let the audience get to know you a little bit more. They got they got that out of you so far. Um, so, what is your morning ritual or routine? Yeah, um, I didn't have one until until probably you know five years ago. Um, I was like, "What's a morning ritual?" I figured it was just you know survival, right? In the morning when you have <laughs> when you have little kids. Um, but it, it always has something to do with uh, breaking a sweat. I, I have to do that. But if I don't, it really does change the entire day. So, so I don't think that's necessarily like you have to do a certain thing. I think it's just more like get moving, you know, activate your, your body. It really tends to activate your mind. And, and, and these are things that really help me, you know, transition from like sleep uh, into, uh, into the day. The other thing is... Um, I usually find that, that that's the time that I read. And so I'm either reading it in the morning or at night. Those are the two times that I will find windows. Um, and then if I can, I'm writing in a, in a journal. But I would say that I'm, I'm most consistently moving my body and, and reading something in the morning, even if it's for 
10 minutes. doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. I have, you know, a couple different things. I think we'll talk about that later, but I have a couple different things that I'm reading uh, right now that I, that I love. Um, mm -hmm. So that, I think those are the critical parts that, that have to do things are like, okay, get the kids up and get them to school. And <laughs> those are the things that obviously are <laughs> part of it as well. Very good. All right. At the end, remember a couple of those things that you're very interested in and reading, and maybe you can recommend those to the audience. That would be awesome. For sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so how do you renew your energy? Yes. Um, so it, it, it's always having the choice to do something renews my energy because so much of the day gets thrown at, at us, right. At me, I'll speak for myself. So much of the day gets thrown at me. It's, being able to make the choice to um, whether that's, like I said, to, to work out or whether it's at the end of the day, if I make the choice to be able to watch a show on TV, which probably ties into the, the guilty pleasure, um, that, that is really renewing because it's like, okay, this is the decision that I made, you know, for myself. And it's not related to my kids and it's not related to even my wife or my partner. Um, it's just for me. So it's, it's mm -hmm. having the choice to do something and, mm -hmm. Um, I think it can be at any number of things. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that uh, that's so rare to hear that, but that is so important, I think, to everyone um, to be able to have that choice. And it does renew you and it does help you to manage um, your energy and your priorities better, too. And it probably having that mindset gets you out of the momentum of go, 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 do, do, do. That's you know, right. so you could stop and you say, this is what I'm going to be or do right now. Yeah, I'm going to awesome. do this. It's a, some sort of a, of, it's not even a reward. It's just a part of like, you're taking back some of the control. Because when you overcommit yes. yourself, like we, we all do that. When you overcommit mm -hmm. yourself and whether it's kids or no kids or whatever, um, you know, you find that you're, that you're just not, <laughs> you're just not making as many of your own choices. So when you do that, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, this is just for me now. And that's okay. And I have to be able to, to let that happen too. Yes. And no guilt either. <laughs> no. Um, so speaking of guilt, what is your guilty pleasure? Yeah. It, you just said it though. It's funny because you said no guilt because I thought about it and I'm like, I don't feel guilty about, about <laughs> you know, it's, because um, I, I have like in the past, like I would, I would watch like if, if something else was happening, I feel like I have to be go and be involved in it. Right. It's like, oh, well, you know, something's happening outside or, you know, or some, one of the kids is doing something. Uh, I got over that when I figured some of the stuff out, which is, you know, that you have to be able to take pleasure in life. You have to be able to take mm -hmm. some of it, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. And so if I have to really answer the question, my guilty mm -hmm. pleasure uh, right now is is Yellowstone, the show, and it's on yeah. the Peacock app. I, I freaking love the show um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll watch it by myself and I'll have, you know, old fashioned. And that's probably the, the peak of Stephen on Stephen time. That is so nice. You actually get into character. That's right, <laughs> <It's yeah. awesome. laughs> and I bet you make a damn good old fashioned. It's too, a good, huh? it's a good. Old uh -huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet. Very good. Well, I, you know, I have been really excited about ever since I started this podcast and, and planning out like what topics and people I wanted to invite. And you were always um, at the top of the list. And the reason is, is because a conversation you and I had about now it's coming up on probably eight years ago that really had a profound impact on my life and led me down a path of trying to bring awareness. I wrote blogs on this and, and whatnot. And it's the chapter 23 in my book on embracing your preferences has to do with the introvert, extrovert, ambivert 
um, preference that every one of us slide along the scale or we um, really sit strongly in, in one end or the other, introvert or extrovert. And so I was very excited um, to bring you on because you know, this is something that I think for both of us has been so um, not just um, impactful for us individually, but that we've been able to share with others that made a big difference for them. And once we understand our own preferences, it really helps us to be able to manage our energy, to be able to set healthy boundaries, and also just to accept this is who I am. And be able to share that with others and then also to be able to respect others for their preferences and their boundaries and, and whatnot that they set as well. So um, I really wanted to um, bring you on to share your story and kind of your journey along this self-discovery path. And then also what findings you've had, because I think this will be really interesting for the audience. And I really hope everybody gets a lot out of this. So why don't you start with your journey? Like when you first started to realize this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, what I have, are you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what, what are any of us? Yeah, no, I, I, um, it's, it's funny because the more I learn about it, the, the more, kludgy sometimes it feels because I start to discover, you know, nuances in my own personality. And I'm like, well, that's not consistent with, you know, my INFJ, we you know my, my letters and all that, you know, the things that, that you and I have talked about before. But, um, you know, when I started my career, so I started, uh, I started really early, I started right out of, of high school, and I was in this, like this sales job. And it was like, hey, make you know, 75 outbound calls a day when people used to still pick up their phone, right? Which is not that long ago, but it, you know, a little, a little bit ago. And I got thrust into this sort of role of like, when you're in an environment like that, you know, if any of your audience has seen like Boiler Room or Wall Street or Wolf of Wall Street, like you could compare what I was doing in my first job to something like that. Get on the phone, be on the phone, yell loud things into phones all day, Right. And you start to develop this sort of persona. And when you're when you're 18 and you're developing this professional persona surrounded by that, you start to take that on and you start to say, well, this is how I'm going to be successful, right? I'm, I'm going to be successful because I'm going to be the best talker and I'm going to be the best seller and I'm going to make the most phone calls. I'm going to, you know, and I'm, and little did I know I'm surrounded by highly insecure people who are going through the exact same sort of identity crisis that I'm feeling at 18, except they're, you know, they're in their thirties or, you know, however old they were. So um, really interesting way to start a career. And, and what I did is I, I carried that with me, you know, in through my experience uh, when you and I would eventually work together, um, which is that you show up like real big in those moments and you can talk to anybody and you're not afraid of anybody. And intimidation is like, you know, there's blood in the water and, and this like sort of um, toxic extrovert, right? Like, like we talk about extroverts, it's not a bad thing, um, but sort of adopting these personalities and in, in a lot of ways really being a fraud, right? Like, like really when you think about it, when you step back, what, what was the reason that you were doing that? What was the reason that you acted that way? It really comes from a place of insecurity, right? And so when I was in my mid-20s and, and maybe my late 20s, when we had the conversation that you're referencing, 
and I was telling you before I could actually remember it. Like I could, I could remember exactly where we were at. We were traveling for work and we, and we talked about this. It was when I was first starting to say in value, you know, kind of looking inward and saying, who, who are you not, not who are you supposed to be? Not, not who makes you most successful, not who gets you promoted. Cause those are all things that I had used in the past to get to those places. Um, but who are you and and how can you start to honor that person instead of push that person away mm-hmm. because we it, you know as introverts or ambiverts or wherever you want to put us you know kind of in that conversation um we look at that sometimes as a weakness mm-hmm. and we look at it and we say that that certainly can't be the person who's going to be this corporate success because that person never doesn't speak enough or doesn't know when to speak or, you know, feels like they don't have the confidence to speak. So we look at that and we sort of push it away instead of what we should be doing, which is, which is really embracing, you know, every, every one of those great things about, uh, about the quality. Yeah. And so when you started down this path, discovering, because I, I feel um, in chapter one of my book is, is why am I in the box? Um, I think when, especially when we start in our careers, and this can even go back into, you know, childhood too, is it's so much easier to control people when they're all similar, you know, so we try to, we try to form them into cookie cutter, you know, employees, but so it, it goes both ways. We allow it because we want to belong. And we want to be successful. Um, but, you know, obviously <laughs> there's this natural kind of advantage to companies and corporations to have everybody in the box. And but I think from a your revelation where you shifted from the expectation as self and, and others of needing to be a certain way to wait a minute, who am I and how can I be myself in this same environment? Like how did that start to translate and transform for you? I th- yeah, I think you, I think at a certain point you get forced to take some breaths and, you know, whether it's that you, maybe you look at your career, this was probably more true for me. You look at your career and you say, okay, I like what I'm doing. I like the people that I'm working with, but I'm not sure if I've actually ever been myself with those mm-hmm. people. And I love these people, like genuine love and affection for, you know, for these people that I work with. So you, you kind of get to this place where you, where you just kind of fed up with it. Like, you're like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to make that the thing that they, that they see, because I don't even know if they like the real me, you know, it's kind of hard to hear Mm -hmm. myself say, right. But, but that's, I think that's the beginning is that there's a lot of self discovery that you have to do and, and. For anybody who listens that's in their early 20s, you need to be doing that now. Like, don't zoom past that. Like, there's, there's, I'm sure we can give resources out and, you know, the free tests that are out there. Like, mm-hmm. like start to start to do that right now because you just keyed in on something that was really important is for me, at least, is that you carry these things with you from a child. You, mm-hmm. you carry the propensity to, to, maybe let people shape you or maybe to be somebody who's a, you know, a great listener because they have to be, or to be somebody that doesn't want to cause trouble for their parents because they saw their siblings do that. Or, you know, like you, you get trapped in these, uh, in these boxes and you tend to carry that 
forward. And if it's never addressed, you will carry it forward into your professional career. You will carry that insecurity and that feelings of inadequacy and all these lies that you tell yourself, you will carry mm -hmm. that with you. So, um, and it, that the, the passion is happening for me right now, right? Because this is a, this is a really, uh, this is in my heart is that, you know, you're, you're at that age. It's it, don't wait, you know, mm -hmm. don't wait until you're in your late twenties and you've made a bunch of career decisions based on somebody who you really not, mm -hmm. um, you know, start right now. Yeah. And I think too, you know, um, on the path to authenticity in the workplace specifically, it's um, it's also it's also a journey that so many people are going to have to take. So I think you're um, sharing, you know, just tear down the walls and, you know, really be open and vulnerable to what's inside of you um, is that great process that I think a lot of people have the opportunity to go through and, and to really bring themselves in. I know I used to say probably in my late 20s, early 30s that um, I had my work personality and I had my home personality. I seriously remember, and I'm almost 50. I remember saying that. I remember telling people that. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> why? And why was it just accepted? Why did I just accept it at the time? Now, of course, a few years later, I finally broke through that and started my, you know, true, like, okay, I'm just going to be me. You know, I just want to be me everywhere. Cause it's too exhausting to be two different people. <laughs> That's right. At the end of the day, you're, 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 you're feeling the, the pain of, of carrying that, you know, you're, and you're like, yes. Well, I don't like my job, and maybe that's not it. Maybe it's mm -hmm. just that you have never brought your actual self to that place before. That's exactly right. And yep. you're tired from that, you know. And, and actually, like, I, you know, it's funny because I think we we might have even had a conversation. These these stay with me, you know. These mm -hmm. types of conversations because I, you know, it, it matters a lot to me. And I think I can actually remember you saying something like that to me, you know, during uh, the course of us working together and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to flip this on you, but like, what, like, what made you be able to put it to the side? Like, what made you say like, F it, like, yeah. this isn't worth it. And, and because at that time I can imagine you saying that you were a VP at the company or whatever you were, you know, it's not like you're, you know, you're not working for someone else and like, like what helped you do it? Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was, it was pretty much before I went down that path. It was probably um, more so the, uh, I, I would say, you know what, it was, it was just finally recognizing and realizing that, wait a minute, this, why, how did I get trapped in this box? <laughs> why did I allow it? You know, and then, you know, just basically when I, I want to say it was when I took over my, in my director role, when I took that business unit over, um, I had all kinds of different personalities on that team. And it was a really amazing, very strong team. Um, but there was a lot of work we had to do. And I felt like, you know, you can't build trust with people unless you're coming at your full self and your authentic self. And I think, too, at the time, um, very strong personality. So it was, you know, all right, well, let's, you know, show appreciation for what they bring to the table and let's, you know, be able to support them in their own way. Well, a lot of people, you know, when when you're in a in a um, we were in a mode of of um, experimentation a lot. And when you're in that mode, I think it helps because if you are supportive of others in their journey to experiment, fail, experiment, fail, experiment, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's a good thing. Cause you know, we were able to jump and not just take steps to making improvements. 
um, that it made a big difference. But if I expected them to show up their authentic self and be in that way of, of experiment and fail, experiment and fail, like bring your ideas to the table, don't hold back, don't just package things up in a pretty little, you know, perfect bow. Let's just get to the meat of it. You know, let's get down and dirty with it. But if, the, if, I, if I don't show up that way, I can't expect them to show up that way. And so I think there was this natural window almost where it allowed me to really make that shift in myself. Um, and that, um, you know, I look back at that experience now and that role I had for almost three years um, before I went into the VP role um, leading the Cisco unit, that I think that was my big turning point. And, and, and it was a combination of things. It was me finally saying, I got to the age, I think, where it was starting not to matter as much. And I recognized it like, wait a minute, <laughs> this is, this isn't right. <laughs> you know, why am I saying that I have two personalities? And then also, um, the window to be able to, um, do this with my team and, and, and be there with them, um, on a regular basis. Um, it was a combination of things. Yeah. yeah. And it was definitely my early thirties, um, early to mid thirties when this took place. Yeah. It, it's interesting because it, it, it always, it seems to, I was, I asked the question because it, it seems like it's a combination of, of, cause creativity is, is also, is always something that sort of sparks, you know, for, for people. And there's like a saying, it's like creativity is the enemy of complacency. And I, I, I'm a big believer in that. Cause you see people that get really complacent. They're just not interested, right? It, there's not, there's not that sort of spark. And, and I think it's like a combination of creativity and vulnerability where you get to this place and you're like, when I'm finally able to be vulnerable that that it creates a new environment for me i bring a different part of myself to the table and there's a lot of great conversations on this out there too but um yeah i was curious because it it, i've felt a lot of the same things it's like the when you do let that that wall come down and that personality wall that you that you create you let that come down it sort of changes everything and, and it changes everything for your team too. So I don't know mm-hmm. if we want to go into leadership and how this impacts leadership, but it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. I think that's a good, um, that's a good thing actually. Cause I think just between simple educating, but then how do you leverage and how do you give space and safe space for both? And I talk about this in my book too, like the more people understand each other, the better leaders can actually create that space for their teams. And oh, by the way, guess what? They will bring even greater things to the table because they feel respected. They have the right environment. They have the right dynamic. It's not everybody's being forced to collaborate with each other 24 seven because not everybody wants to do that. A lot of us create in our heads, Um, but understanding that and then respecting that and then holding space for that, but also for the extrovert to make sure that they have a platform to share their ideas, that they have that, you know, kind of ability and, and, and space to be able to um, bring what they want to the table as well. And I think from a leadership perspective, this is huge. And this is a big breakthrough that people can have um, in how they lead their teams in an authentic way as well. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it it's, it, it's always like, it's always akin to parenting for me, <laughs> how you, you know, you look at each of your children and you know so much about them and, and, and you will treat them different. Well, at least you should <laughs> treat them differently as they, as they grow up and you, you can tell which one responds differently to, you know, to which type of maybe a discipline or just communication or whatever the, the, the thing is. Um, but as a, as a leader, you know, a, a breakthrough for me was being comfortable with a lot of the things that you just, you just talked about, which is 
you don't have to be this like this this I, I hate to say old school, but I'll just say it, right? You don't have to be this say like <laughs> old school leader that sits, you know, in the in the leadership seat all the time. And in fact, that's that's not where leadership is going anyway. That's not what people want. It's not how they want to be. That's that was like a manager, right? It's like, you know, you get like a manager who, you know, is really task oriented. And I it's interesting. I I put this sort of separation between myself and my team. And I think that there's a balance here because I, I do think that some separation is okay, it's good and it's healthy because it, it defines the role. But but you get to bring yourself as well, and that's what your team wants. And and it's funny because you you do this thing as a way to hide your flaws from your team. You put these these barriers up as a way to hide your flaws, and and they already know all your flaws anyway. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I could hide all of my flaws because they come out all the time. So the 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 need to do that, it's another way that you're expending energy that's that's not that's not benefiting you at all. Mm-hmm. So I think to come back to it, it's like, okay, first let the wall down, right? Um being respected is great and and it's something that we we strive for and we get, you know, that that comes with um, you know, that comes with caring for people, it comes for doing the work it comes from really showing up but then once you do that you know getting to know your team and i i'll I'll give a lot of credit to cisco we have uh we have a tool that we use and and it's it's called team space and it's uh it has a lot of the components of the personality test built into it um and it, it starts you with a test and then it tells you okay you're a stimulator you're a provider you're you know i have different designations when you look at each person on the team you know, understanding what those buttons are for them. And then of course I layer on like the actual like introvert extrovert test with my team because I, I just find so much value in it. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you start to understand those things, it really changes the conversations that you can have with your team. And it changes the level of understanding just as if it would with a child, right? Where Mm -hmm. you're looking at the things they're doing, the behaviors that they're displaying, and you want to put them in a position that they can succeed the most um, and that they can continue to use all those uh, all those strengths that they have, which is what you find out, you know, when you really ask the, the right questions. So I think um, that's kind of a breakthrough moment for me as uh, as a leader is that, no, we can go there and that's OK. And in fact, it's going to improve the performance It's going to improve the relationships, the happiness. People don't want to leave the team, you know, when mm-hmm. when they feel seen like that. So um, yeah. it's a big one. Yeah, that that's really important, too, I think about. Um, you know, the happiness factor. And um, I think you and I did have a conversation before. One of the things I actually do reference this in my book as well, because it was so profound to me is um, different disc, the DISC test that um, has a natural state and kind of, I always call it like the home and the work environment, (laughs) your adaptive state, your natural state. And where at different age groups or time and career groups, would have either variance between the two or equal. And what I found is once you hit 40, (laughs) you know, give a crap what other people think. (laughs) So you're just going to, you're going to have decision styles very similar. But when you're really starting to try to build a career, you're so afraid to make a a mistake. And you're also so afraid that, um, you know, to look bad, right? So whatever that means in, in your world, humiliated, embarrassed, and and looking bad, you know, coming up with a bad decision or a bad idea, um, that then it holds you back. So, you know, when I think about 
you know, all of these kind of positions that we can put our teams in, that we can be in ourselves, you know, throughout our career and, and throughout the span of the career, the happiness factor really comes down to showing up as you. And a lot of a lot of career changes I see happen in the mid to late 30s are people are like, oh, I don't like my boss anymore. I don't like my job. I need a change. I need a change. They're just like, I need a change. But in reality, it's because they're not happy because they're not showing up as themselves. Mm. And it and it and that's my my theory. So, um, but I really feel it's something that can be avoided. And it can be avoided because we, like you said, work back earlier in the 20s, earlier in career. Um, to really just show up authentically from the get-go and you don't ever have to change. <laughs> and by the way, when a hiring manager hires you, they're hiring you for who you are. You don't right. need to change to then conform, but also the environment, if it's if it's a more toxic environment or if it's a more controlling environment, those all need to start shifting too to allow the talent to be able to come through from those folks that we hire because we want to bring them in and, and they are talented. And then we just try to put them in the box. So, um, so those are some things definitely about the happiness factor, you know, that I've seen as well. So when you think about... Um, you know, kind of these little, these settings along the way from an introvert's perspective, um, what are some of the things that you've learned? You know, what are some of those aha moments? What are some of those things that you said, well, I'm not going to fit into that myth. <laughs> like I'm busting that all the way through, you know, what tell, share with us some of your thoughts there. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you do some, some discovery work and when you do some, wh whatever that looks like, that could look like anything. I mean, someone could read a book and, and have all mm -hmm. the answer. I mean, there's, there's so much good material out there, even just watching Ted talks or listening to a podcast, you know, when you're doing this sort of discovery work, you, you get, you build up the courage to kind of try um, things, I think. And I think that's one of the first things that, you know, that I would say is um, I'm not big on like, on like cold Turkey, anything, or like, or like skipping steps. Like I've always been somebody who's put things into steps and then followed the, you know, it just helps me, right? It helps me kind of process. So um, one of the first things is, is, is showing up, you know, you don't get to, as a, as an introvert, you don't get to take time off. You don't get to use that sort of, you know, your introversion as a reason that you didn't mm. show up. And this is something that is so critically important to understand is that, you know, you'll hear, um, you'll hear folks that will say, well, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert, so I didn't come to the party or I'm an introvert. So I didn't show up. I use that the... one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because it's so easy to, to look at it and say, you know, honestly, I know that I'm not going to have a good time at the, we'll just use the party as an example. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have a great time at the party because it's not how I get, you know, my energy. Mm -hmm. One of the mistakes that we make is we start to apply that thinking to things that we need to be at. We need to show up. And, and you know what? It's funny because it, it doesn't mean because because you're an introvert that you can't show up and, and give the TED talk or the public mm -hmm. speaking. Like, it doesn't mean that. In fact, that's when I'm probably at my most comfortable from a skill set mm -hmm. standpoint. Uh, it just means that I recover differently. So one of the first things is that you 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 start to take some steps and you say okay i'm not i'm no longer going to show up this way because it's not representing me and i'm going to like if you can't say no then it's time to say no to something right mm -hmm. if your personality is to take all the things on then it's time to learn how to say no and you can start really small so that's that's the way that really for me it works i start to take small steps 
Um, I get wins under my belt. Um, I think w- one of the examples that I would give is I used to talk a lot in meetings and it was, it was compensating for, you know, for not wanting to be quiet, not wanting to be, you know, and own sort of that, that observer. I'm actually much better as an observer and listener, but mm-hmm. I have to discipline myself to do that. Mm-hmm. So I used to talk a lot and I'm like, look, in this, in these next five meetings that are going to happen over the next three days, I'm not talking till the end because the type of leader that I want to be is one that observes, takes everything in and then presents the way that, that he, he or she feels at the end. Once I've Mm -hmm. learned everything, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm not going to do those things. I'm not going to play those, those roles anymore. Mm -hmm. So it can be as simple as just looking at one example where you're not showing up the way you want to and just change that one. And that what happens then is it starts to, of course, sort of snowball and you start to then bring that into, uh, you know, conversations with your boss, which can be really intimidating or conversations with, you know, peers or colleagues. So I would say, first, you don't get to not show up. You need to show up. Right. Yeah. And then the second thing is show up the way that you want to show up and start small. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the things that, um, those are things that stand out to me, you know, right now in terms of that, um, that sort of de- my own development. Mm-hmm. So um, us being very similar, I think we have the same exact um, Myers-Briggs and 16 personalities, INJFA. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, um, and then also, you know, we both span the spectrum, mostly introverted from an energy perspective. Um, and also the way of working because I, I work in my head a lot. Um, I like that, you know, I have really focused on trying to be more of a collaborator as I've gotten in, you know, um, later in my career, um, and in life, but, you know, there are just a few things though, that I still, I, you know what, I'm, I, I put my boundaries up. So one of them is, and I know we're all supposed to be networking and, you know, all that good stuff, but I hate networking. (laughs) And, and the reason is, is because, well, first of all, I don't like just how, how are you doing? What's the weather like? You know, I, I literally have found, and with, whether it's with customers or just random people that I meet, when I connect with someone, I can sit there and talk to them for an hour instead of like five minute conversations with a bunch of people. And I know that about myself and I know what I'm looking for. I want the value in that conversation. And there are people who are really good at work in the room and, and, you know, connecting with lots of people. Um, You know, that's just, it's just not who I am. You know, I just love this. But what I did find, especially when I was engaging with customers a lot, I had my go-to customers, right? So they were easy. I'm like, oh, I like that, that, that person. I always have good conversations with them. I'm going to go talk to them. Or I would piggyback with someone else. So I would, I would tag team with, you know, someone else that I worked with and we would go and hit until I felt more comfortable. Maybe then I, or I, I stopped and started that deep conversation and they moved on. But I think there are lots of tips and tricks to be able to show up and, you know, have, have your own way of showing up, but still show up and not just say, well, I'm, I'm not into networking, so I'm not going to go. Like, do right. you have any other tips like that that would help people? I, you know, for introverts, especially. <laughs> so this is so good. The, uh, the, you know, networking is as I, I am probably have a lot of similarities. I, I can certainly do it, you know, when needed. I find that like I'm a lot better when I'm 
when I'm the uh, the provider as opposed to like the customer, like or the prospective customer, right? As as I, I show up better as the person who's got the thing, because mm-hmm. I think that then sort of kicks in my my sales mentality, and I'm like, oh, right, let's go get them, you know. And I can kind of turn <laughs> it into a I turned into a little bit of a game. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the first things. Is Interesting. Like, look, I'm I'm going to cover you know, this entire room, I'm going to accept that not every conversation is going to go perfectly the way that I want it to. And I'm going to be okay having a couple of moments that maybe are awkward. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to accept it ahead of time, right? Because if I can get over that, then yeah. then I can really walk into the room, right? And, and it, so it's one of the things where I, I've come to know myself in that there are certain things that I will do to avoid, you know, like the plague, like you're saying, like having like small talk with people. I, I don't care about that. It doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. Um, but uh, I, I find that if I tell myself ahead of time what it is that I'm going to be facing, I can kind of spend a couple minutes just getting over it. If that mm-hmm. makes like, mm-hmm. like it's because it isn't the worst thing in the world. And it's funny because when you do go into the room, um, you will find that you will have a conversation that will make your whole night or that mm-hmm. you'll make a, a connection that you'll have for the rest of your of your career. And is that not worth it? Like, yeah. So it's a lot of this like it's a lot of this like build up for the greater good. And I'm really good when I can see the big picture. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of for yep. me, it's like I have to kind of work to see that ahead of time. Oh, I love that. And so, I mean, mindset is huge, right? I mean, so you you basically are telling yourself, like, don't have any expectations. Just go with the flow. Just be open. And I think that's where the a lot of the pressure comes from for folks, and especially those that do not like to network. And you might be an extrovert that doesn't like to network out there, but um, it comes from the expectations that you think everything has to be impactful. Every conversation is going to have to be impactful. When we set our mind that, guess what? expectations lead to disappointment. <laughs> so I love that approach and I'm going to, I'm going to start using that as well. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for and it's, that. It, it's, it's one that like, it, it doesn't always work. Like you have to be mm-hmm. disciplined to, you have to be disciplined to have that, that sort of moment. Maybe yeah. it happens in the morning, probably not right before you walk in the door. Right. But, but you have to be disciplined to have that moment to say like, this is, this is who I'm going to be, you know, and this is who I want to be. Like, I, I want to have long-term connections with people. I mm-hmm. want to make those deep connections in order to get to the deep connection. You have to get over the awkward one. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's this barrier, which is what we really want is on the other side of that door. It's just a, a matter of like psyching yourself up to go, to go through it. Yeah, definitely. Um, is there anything else that you can share about either, um, the self-discovery journey as you're trying to determine if you're introvert or extrovert. And in the show notes, I can put some quizzes for the audience as well yeah. as the 16 personalities. I love that test. I think it's a phenomenal um, kind of spin from the Myers-Briggs test and um, has been so helpful for me and then teams in the past that I've had do it as well. Um, so we'll put that in the show notes. But is there anything else from, um, you know, setting expectations for yourself, um, not giving your, letting yourself off the hook if you're an introvert um, for not showing up? Like, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience that you found over time? Yeah, I think um, I didn't really place very much value on, um, uh, on, on personal development in, in the past. And I think it is something that um, if you do lean more towards the introverted side, it's funny because you can 
you can pick up the book and you can have a mentor right there that, you know, that you never, that you don't even have to go talk to. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes like when we're really into like self-learning and self-discovery and having some of these own, these conversations in our head, which is a great thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes a book can really be um, a catalyst for, for those things to happen. So what I would say is not necessarily books, but what I would say is it's more, uh, it's more making sure that you're making, investments in yourself that you're consuming you know content that builds uh that builds that mindset up where you know you've got this i'm not sure that it's confidence but it's more so self-awareness of saying like you know autobiographies have been have been great because it's like look you see all these introverts that have run like nike you know <laughs> like like that yeah. you see these introverts that have started these massive powerhouse um companies and it gives you the confidence to say like look um you know, I want examples. I want concrete evidence that I could be myself. So, so I think that's, that's profound for me um, because it's like a free, no investment mentor that I can take all the greatest stuff from um, and, and sort of leave the rest behind. So I think investing in yourself as you're going through discovery, I think you want to reinforce those discoveries. And I think you want to say, no, this is like, this is us. Like it's, you don't have to feel pressure because you've got, you know, these five people to look at, you know, and to look up to. So that that's something for me that I, that I think um, has, has really helped as well is just really being open to, um, to learning, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, and that's right up the introvert. It's alley anyway. Right. So it's all about the, the knowledge and the wisdom and the internal you know, um, churning of all of that. Um, when you think about an extrovert engaging with an introvert, what's the best advice that you can give based on how you have really felt either appreciated or you felt respected that I'm an introvert and, and, you know, this extrovert, you know, definitely like really respected my preferences and, and how I renew myself, my, my energy, how I work, how I think, What's the best advice you can give an extrovert on how they can engage with an introvert? That's so good. <laughs> I, I, um, my my uh, my wife is an extrovert, and and we and a lot of times you find that right that you're that our partners mm -hmm. will be you know the opposite of us, and there's a reason for that. You know yeah. that 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 we end up there. Um, but but I think you know communicating with. Uh, with either side. First of all, if there can be awareness, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. you, you don't always have a situation where you know, you know, right. who, you're, uh, <laughs> who you're talking to. But if there can be awareness, that's amazing. And companies that are helping us be more aware of that as we walk into meetings, I love that. I think that's such mm -hmm. a great development. Um, but what I would say is if, if, if all else fails, um, you know, listening is always our, our best friend. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that the evolution of 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 sales is something that comes to my mind as a as an example is like the uh the salesperson as the as this like talker is 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 less and less valued you know a consultant is more and more valued as someone who uh is uh is there to really understand right mm -hmm. the best weapon we have for not understanding you know like not knowing if i'm talking to an introvert extrovert is, is to really seek understanding and, and to take some space. And for an extrovert, that's, that's hard. Sometimes it's hard mm -hmm. to, cause you got all these things, you know, what you want to say, and you got all these important. <laughs> and, and so, you know, an introvert will kind of wait um, 
and some some ambiverts like us will match the energy of the person talking to us and we'll mm-hmm. find that we're talking just as much as they are because yep. we can <laughs> we can get there you know with them um but it, the biggest weapon that we all have for interacting together is to seek understanding and mm. there's the simple um you know adage of like don't listen to respond right mm-hmm. and, and this is something i have to remind myself of all the time i'm like oh my god what have, i've been i've been just trying to prepare Absorbed. my response yeah exactly <laughs> i've been like just trying to get my agenda across um so this is a tough one but i i yeah. think you know seeking understanding and seeing people as human you know with their own you know with their own struggles the extrovert that we're interacting with they have their own set of struggles it's very real mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. um that you know that they're trying to get a lot of that out sometimes and sometimes it's okay to just step back um so i think that's our our you know our our best uh weapon together is to is to always seek understanding um in a conversation oh that's awesome thank you so much for sharing um i hope that the audience really got a lot out of that and that you know awareness is is i think the first part you know in just understanding and self-discovery and honestly i told steven before we started recording this that um, when he said that to me about, I'm an extroverted introvert. And I went, wow, I think I am too. It literally was one of the most impactful things on my self-discovery of my life. <laughs> like I really feel that because we're energy and, and this is a big part of both introverts and extroverts is how we get our energy. And if you understand that, you know, the whole world opens up for you and what your preferences are. And then you don't feel like you have to be a certain way um, and you can just be yourself. It really is freeing. <laughs> it's awesome. So thank you, Stephen. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, Will would love to have um, any kind of call outs um, that you'd like to share, including books, um, any companies, courses, organizations, nonprofits or products. And then I will put the quiz and um, the 16 personalities, uh, introvert, extrovert quiz and 16 personalities in the show notes for everyone. Yeah, that's a really good one. If you haven't mm-hmm. taken it, just go take it. It takes, it's super quick and you, you're worried that it's not going to capture your personality when you start to take it and then it perfectly captures your personality. So anybody who's listening should, should take that uh, quiz. Um, I'm reading uh, Essentialism by Greg mm. McCown and it's the Love pursuit it. of less. Yeah. So, um, so this is making a big impact. And I was like, how's mm-hmm. he going to write an entire book on this? But yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Um, and then the other one, I'll just pull it. It's cause it's sitting right here is, uh, <laughs> is it's called winning by Tim, uh, Tim S Grover. Um, this guy was the trainer for Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, um, both in their, in their heydays. And, it's living in my head. Like it's like waking me up in the middle of the night. That's how good wow. it is. Um, okay. I love yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Really, really it. good one. Um, I think also, you know, just in terms of, you know, any, anything else, I would just say um, for sure, you know, let's talk about, let's keep talking about leadership, you know, and LinkedIn mm-hmm. is a great way to connect with me, with Angie. Like I love uh, the platform and I love kind of sharing thoughts there. So yeah, if anybody wants to connect with me there, I would love that as well. All right. I will add your LinkedIn handle um, in the show notes as well. That is so fantastic. Steven, um, I know you are super busy and I really, really appreciate you coming on. And I've really looked forward to this episode for a long time now. So I'm so happy that you're able to join. Um, And I really hope that, you know, others, you know, really start to, they get an aha moment from this. And I think they will. And also just the fact that maybe just some clarification for people around what is an introvert, what is an extrovert, 
And what does it mean, preferences? <laughs> what does that mean to them? Um, and I think that'll be really good. And I think at a future state, I'll have an extrovert come on. Maybe I'll have, I know I'm going to have Allie come on anyway, your wife, because I want her to do some other things, but maybe she could be the extroverted side as well. <laughs> that would be a really interesting, you know, dynamic for you too. So yeah, she would love, <laughs> she would love that. No, and, the, yeah. and this has been great. And I could talk about it for like three more hours. That's how you know yeah. that, that it's, uh, that it's interesting. So yeah, thanks so much yes, for having me. Exactly. Thank you. Thanks so much, Stephen. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye.